Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, as always, we got a great show for you today. We got the Lost Saints. They've, they're doing some great things. They sound good. They're a trio, and they've got harmonies that are amazing. Wait till you hear their song later in the show. Um, and they're all three here. This is a first. We've had, I think, we've had a couple trios on, but it's usually not all three. So this is right. A first. So we'll see how this goes. Mm-hmm. So are y'all here? <laughs> We're yes, here. We are here. Yeah. Thanks for having us. <laughs> oh, thanks for being here. <laughs> so, as we get started here, um, I always like to start with the same thing as we with the big elephant in the room. How are y'all dealing with COVID right now? Whoo! Um, I think we're, <laughs> well, it, we're holding up pretty well. <laughs> as long as you yeah, can. Yeah, it's kind of impacted each one of us a little differently. I mean, you know, everybody's job mm-hmm. is different. Our, our day jobs. And, a couple of us have been able to to still work and well it's been yeah it's been we've kind of taken the time to get really creative you know what i mean i mean we can't tour all of our shows were canceled we supposed to do a cruise it was canceled we have one festival date that's still hanging around in october so we thought you know what better time to start writing some more songs get in the studio get ready yeah. to put stuff out and so yeah so we're excited because um we're putting out our newest song this Friday, and it's called Hook Up. Oh, wow. That is really cool. So um, what is it like being a trio? How did that form? Doing, so we'll let him explain that. <laughs> well, um, you know, I had uh, been in a couple of, of vocal groups previously and uh, had taken some time off and wanted to get back into it. And, just wanted some people, you know, that I knew would be serious and and really want to dive in and, and give this everything they had. Um, so I had a you know a few friends in mind and had been toying with some stuff over the last couple of years. And I met Chris mm-hmm. through my friend Brandon at a writers round, and he had been doing the solo thing. Um, and Afton actually lives in the same condo building as me. We moved in probably what after a month apart. Yeah. Um, and she and I uh, realized we had a bunch of mutual friends from uh, when she was at Lee University in a vocal group there. So she would come upstairs and we'd get around the piano and sing. And uh, I just called Chris one day and I said, hey, man, would you be interested at all um, in coming over to sing with the two of us just to see, you know, what it sounds like? Yeah. And mm-hmm. And it kind of just grew from there. So it was magic from the beginning. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely something special when you sing with people that you never sang with, and then you're like, wait a second. This feels pretty nice. (laughs) Because, you know, from the people we've talked with, that's usually what happens. Because I guess if it don't work from day one, usually people don't try it again anyway. So it's got to be like magic that first time anyway. Oh yeah, and yeah, the whole exactly. Chris from doing doing the solo thing um, that was you know a big decision for him. So um, mm-hmm. hopefully that says a lot about what we can bring to the table as a group. <laughs> <laughs> so for each of y'all, what what was the moment in the mirror, and you thought, wow, I could make a career of my music, of my passion? Cause, you know, a lot of a lot of people ask about when did you know you want to do music? But I like to go a little step further. I like to know when 
it was when, with that moment that you just realized this could be a career. I guess I can start with that one. Mine's probably the least interesting. Um, I mean, I guess as like a kid, um, I, <laughs> I grew up um, singing in church and all of that. So yeah, that was something that I always wanted to do. It was always a passion of mine. But um, when I moved to Nashville, uh, I actually came here to go to Belmont University and I came um, and did, you know, music business and wanted to get into the music scene, but wasn't really sure how. Um, and honestly, I can truly say if it weren't for meeting Derek and Chris, I don't know if I, you know, would have ever ended up in this place. So to me, it's like a super awesome thing. Like I love them to death and they're great friends and have become family, you know, but it's also been amazing to be able to make this passion of mine become something that could potentially be a career now. So, um, yeah, that's mine. <laughs> Go ahead, Derek. And I just, I grew up, just, you know, the same way, singing in church. My whole family sings and plays. and um, But I remember specifically, you know, realizing, I, you know, this is what I want to do for a living. I was in, like, eighth grade, and um, I just I just knew. I don't know how to explain it other than when you, you know, <laughs> it's one of those things you just know that that's what you're going to do. Yeah. And you probably yeah, got so black in that one. I'm sorry? And you probably got some flack for that one because you know how the society is. Oh, it's, oh, it's just too difficult. No, you got to have you got to have a career. Oh yeah, you, you got to have a <laughs> yeah. you, know, you got to have a plan B. <laughs> so, I was lucky enough to have my mom and dad were diehard supporters of me through this whole journey. Oh, wow. And so I never really felt that, uh, you know, uh, hesitation from them or anything like mm-hmm. that. It was sort of sky's the mm-hmm. limit. And my dad got me a guitar when I was 15, and I just started playing it, you know, every day all the time. I loved to write songs from the second I got it. And then I did that, you know, kind of behind the scenes a little bit because you don't really have the confidence to really sing in front of anybody at first. <laughs> and then uh, I got to my first year of college, and I started – playing at a few of these little uh you know open mic coffee shops thing coffee shop things and then i think in there somewhere i realized like whatever it takes i'm going to do it because it was just you know one of those things that you eat sleep breathe it and live it and you just would do it if you never made any money you know yeah yeah and you know i'm one of them people too like where i would rather die broke than to wonder what if like we, even with our show, mm-hmm. we have no idea where the show's going. And I, even now, my dad's a little older. He don't understand. You know, he's like, well, when are you going to make money with the show? Like it's coming. You got to build the brand. You got to build the audience. You got to be, you know, yeah, like, it there's takes so time. much that's got to be like, we only been doing the show six months. And I was like the average mm-hmm. podcast that makes money. And when I say makes money, makes enough money for a person to live from the research I've done, it takes 18 to 24 months on average. That's just average. So if we beat that, we're yeah. ahead of average, which will be cool. There yeah. you go. But, That's right. But we're trying to grow <laughs> it. We're trying to do this. And, and just, so we get where y'all are coming from because even for us, people don't understand. They're like, well, if you're making no money and you're putting all this money in every month to this, to keep all this going, then it's, then what are you doing it for? <laughs> and they don't yeah. get This is what we love to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, because of all that, and I think it's perfect lead-in to where I always like to go from here, is as you know that you know again a lot of people when they see 
like Blake Shelton, Miranda. They see the glory, but they don't see the grind. They don't see the sacrifices. They don't see what artists really go through. And I always like to bring out that side of it because um, I think it's so important for people to understand there's way more to music than the glory side. In fact, like many of the artists tell me, the glory side is a a few and far between. (laughs) Everything else is the grind. That's right. That's right. So I'm going to tell a little story to lead us into this part. Back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. And and at that time, they were full-time with music. And I asked Allison, what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist? And she said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She said, because the day you want it to be a career, everything has to change. She said, you have to eat, sleep, and breathe music. You have to be music. You, you know, you, there, you can have bad days, but if you got a gig that night, guess what? you got to get on that stage and smile like you had the best day ever. Um, when friends and relatives invite you to weddings, to holidays, to um, weekends, um, you can't go. Usually you have gigs. You have to you have to turn down so much and friends and relatives don't understand. They don't they don't get it and they almost put you down sometimes. Um, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, go all in because the only way those kind of sacrifices will ever be worth it. What do y'all think of what she said and let's go there about that side of it. Yeah, I think that's pretty good advice. I think that's coming from somebody that's been been in and out of the roller coaster that we call the music business. You know, um, it's it's a it's a ton of work, and the more steps you take, the further down the rabbit hole you go, and you realize how so many people don't make it. You know, because it takes so much time, effort, energy, money, finances. Uh, scratching, clawing to get to one one foot in front of the other. But if it's in your heart, it's all worth it. You know, I think for Mm -hmm. us, we all can look back and be grateful for where we came from and where we are today and look and see all that, you know, we feel like we've been blessed with. And so Mm -hmm. I just, I think sometimes, you have to love it so much that you would have to do it even if there wasn't an industry. You know, if there was no yeah. industry, would you still do this? And if you don't have that in you, it's really, really hard to make it out here because it's not always a fair landscape, you know? Yeah. Just because you're good or mm-hmm. talented or have good songs doesn't necessarily mean everybody's going to get a fair yeah. chance at it. So you have to hey, be consistent, like you said. You know, on your podcast, you have to be consistent, consistent, consistent. Mm-hmm. And so for us, you know, we have that dedication and we have a belief that, like, we have something different and something great and it's all come together for something good. And now we just have to put our hand to the plow, you know, and keep watering those seeds and hopefully they hopefully they turn into something great, you know. <laughs> Anybody else want to chime in on that one? I mean, I think that was uh, very well said. It is really tough. And um, you think that it's all glory and that it's all fame. Like people think that that might, might be what you're doing it for, but behind the scenes, there's so much more behind it. And you have to love the people that you work with and just really be dedicated to what you're doing. And I think we just all really believe in it and we love it and we love each other and we're just here for the ride and hopefully it goes really far. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> I think y'all got a great plan. I think it's definitely going to go far. Um, but like you said, it's a lot of work, a lot of consistent work. Like even with the show, um, before COVID happened, we were actually planning on – we launched January 3rd, and we were actually planning on um, doing about 80 to 100 shows first year. And even that's pretty good um, to do 80 to 100 shows your first year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but when COVID happened, we, I told Sandy, like, well, you know what? This might be our time to shine. Um, we need to bump this thing up because artists are going to need a place to talk. And mm-hmm. because since they and, and, and yeah. more artists are going to be willing to come on a newer show, even bigger artists. I was like, so it's ours. And because of that, we have been, you are now, our, I think, our 165th interview since January 3rd. And we wow. got two. Nice. <laughs> and we've got two today interviews, two tomorrow, two, or not tomorrow, none tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Sandy's got a doctor's appointment. But we got two Wednesday, yeah. two Thursday, two Friday, and two Saturday of this week. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I we're putting that. the work in, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you are. Well, we can appreciate that. We know that that's not easy. Yeah. So, you know, since we talked a little bit about this, go the other way. You know, let's talk about what makes the sacrifices so worth it now. Um, When you look back at what y'all have done so far, what are some moments for each of y'all that we're like, wow, we got to do that? Um, well, one thing we're super excited about, um, and that was really amazing for me is we actually just recorded, um, uh, our first music video. So we're like super pumped about that. Um, and that for me was a really cool moment to just see a storyline put to our song, which you love to see when you're, you know, with your favorite artists or your favorite songs. And so to see that for some, something that was ours and for a song that we love so much, like that was a really cool moment. Oh, well. Anyway. Yeah, and I I think for me, um, you know, when we released our first debut single, We Don't Fight, which was, you know, about five mm-hmm. or six weeks ago, you know, we got a handful of messages from people that were like, man, I can so relate to this. Like, this is just my story, and, and it's, <laughs> it's just putting words that I couldn't think about, and it's helping me with the mm-hmm. healing of my divorce or whatever it was. And that really means a lot to me because that's why we do music. We want to connect with people. Um, we want people to just, you know, be able to go to those places to feel happy or to get through heartbreak and all that kind of stuff and to know they're not alone. And so – those moments, even though they seem small, it's not an opera debut, right? It's not a Grammy. It, it's it's a huge part of why we do what we do, and um, it really just means so much to hear that from, you know, your fans. Most definitely. Next. <laughs> Sorry, I still have my mute button on. No, I think, I mean... <laughs> You know, just to, to reiterate, you know, what both of them have said, that you know, we've we've just been blessed with a lot of great opportunities. And we did have some stuff uh, coming down the pike that was going to be really cool. And COVID kind of hit that, but we'll just, you know, bounce back from it when everything opens back up and take it from there. You know, in every career, I think uh, there's always points to where, you could, you hit a fork in the road and, you know, sometimes things happen and sometimes you want to give up. And I think everybody goes through that, especially artists. 
tell us what drives you through those moments where where you're down a little bit and you feel like, is this ever going to work? But you still drive through it somehow. What do you do to get through those moments? I mean, for Man. me, I think it's more so – sorry, I'm just going to say it, and then you can follow. But um, yeah. for me, it's also just knowing that, like, I mean, we're firm believers that this is, like, so much bigger than us and that um, we really believe that this was kind of, you know, in the making before we could even think of it. We really feel like God put us together. And um, so just remembering that and remembering that, you know, it's, the journey is never easy. Like, you, you hear all kinds of different artists talking about how this is a 10-year town and, um, you know, people – have to just you know dig and dig and dig until they can get to that point sometimes um but being with you know having a group of people like Derek and Chris like I've already said we're like family so it makes it a little easier to get through stuff like that when you're down um together and just knowing that you feel like they're we're together for a reason and that um this is bigger than we are yeah I agree with that and also one good thing about having you know, a trio is like, I might take something a little harder than Afton or Derek take it, you know, so they're there to yeah. kind of pull me back up and say, hey, yeah, but look on this side of things, like, look at this other thing, and vice versa, totally. and I think that it's really hard to have that as a mm-hmm. solo person, because you're just betting on yourself, yeah. you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and Afton, I want to add to what you were saying, I think it's such a powerful thing you just said, because I went through 19 years of addictions until I feel like God healed me 12 years ago. But the first five years of our marriage was really hell on my wife because of those addictions. But she never put me down. She never nagged me. She uplifted me through them. And I remember that I, mm-hmm. I believe that she was able to stick by it, by me. Because when we the, – our, the story of how we came together, there's no denying that God was there. And I, I believe that she was able to stick by as hard as it was because she felt in her heart that not only did God bring us together, but he brought us together for some purpose together as a married couple. Mm. And, I, wow. and so talking about what you just said, that kind of reminded me of that because, again, that's, that's a powerful thing. And I think that mm-hmm. whether you're a group, whether you're a married couple, if you really feel like God brought the team together, that's yeah. a powerful statement. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I mean, just outside of even music and stuff, like it's, yeah, we're just, it's it's great to have them, their family, and we lean on each other in personal and business ways, and it's just uh, an amazing thing. So we're going to take a real quick break, commercial break, and then we're going to play your song, We Don't Fight Anymore. Love the song, really great song, and we're going to talk about the song. How's that sound? Sounds, Sounds great. great. Thank All you. Right. All right, hang on the line. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. 
The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at the sportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. I've been staring down this cold, empty hall. Silence echoes the love we lost. You were always right, but I was never wrong. All that pride lit a fuse to the bomb. It's done, you're gone. Who cares? Who wants? What's the point of keeping score?
Great song. Yes, love the song. Yes, thank great you. Song. Thanks so much. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, t- so tell us about the song, how it came together and all that. Well, you know, I think all of us have experienced our fair share of some heartbreak every now and then, so it's a free song for all of us to relate to, I think. If you haven't, man, God bless you, because that's a miracle. Um, So, yeah, it's just like an emotional ballad that, you know, we try to take a, a deep look into, you know, looking at a broken relationship, finding, trying to look for some good, you know, that could have come out of the other side, and and we sort of started with the idea of like, what if the only good thing looking back that you find is that you don't fight anymore? Like that's pretty devastating. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so we kind of started with that, yeah, that title and idea, and worked our way backwards a little bit, and and really just try to paint a picture of something we've all felt, and you know, one time or another, and uh, hopefully not depress everyone too bad. So. Mm-hmm. and you know what's funny is you're talking about that if you haven't had a heartbreak relationship wise I mean I'm not saying my wife ain't never had any heartbreak but relationship wise I was her first everything first boyfriend even though she was 25 (laughs) she's one Mm. of the few that's never been had a heart broken by a guy in that way yeah Yeah. man that's crazy now I almost broke it because of the addictions yeah, yeah. Well, we always give Afton a hard time about all her boyfriends and breakups, you know. So okay. we're all in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, they love to pick on me. <clears throat> she picks back One thing I like to see. Uh, <laughs> Don't let her fool us. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> So one thing I like to do on the show, too, is um, I think that the behind-the-scenes people never get enough recognition. Um, the fans, they see the artists, the, the bands, but they don't see the PR people. They don't see the producers the, and all that. And, and their d- job is just as important because without them, the artists can't do what they need to do. So I always like to give a couple mm-hmm. minutes for each guest to kind of tell us about the team behind y'all in order that helps y'all be who you are. Hmm. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I mean, I would love to start with just a song. I mean, we, we had a great team around us. We, we self-produced it, but we had a lot of help from our friend Austin Goodlow. Um, vocals were arranged with our friend Wayne Hahn. We had A-list guys like Jess King and Tommy White on the track as well. Our mix engineer, Joe Carroll, and his assistant, Leah, and like, you know, it, it takes a village, you know what I mean? To really get your vision out there and to really nail it, it takes so many people. And so we were just so grateful that it all came together the way it did. Um, yeah, so that was it with the song, but Afton or Derek, you guys can talk about our team. I mean, really, I mean, I guess I don't know. Should we talk about Pete? Should we talk, is that okay, you think? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't. You know, our team isn't isn't all that big right now. You know, um, we're yeah. searching for the right homes in a lot of areas. So I mean, we definitely um, PR wise, we're working with like a digital marketing company, um, Marblue. They're amazing. Um, there's a lot of them, but Anthony uh, 
Sarah Jordan, all of them, they've been great and really helped us kind of with our, our first single, getting that off the ground. And then like Chris mentioned, we have another one um, called hookup, which is coming out Friday. Um, and they've really been great about promoting that with us and just kind of trying to get the word out there. Um, we've also been working with a guy named Pete Fisher um, and he's kind of uh, less in the right direction when it comes to industry people, I guess, kind of trying to connect us with the right people, which has also been, um, you know, very helpful. Uh, and then we've also been working closely with uh, Jamie Daly and Darren Vincent. Um, and Derek, if you want to take that away, they're your, you know, Jamie's your close friend. So I'll let you talk about them a little bit. I don't bit. know if you're, you guys are familiar with uh, Daly and Vincent, the the country bluegrass act but um like i said earlier you know mm-hmm. i grew up around a lot of bluegrass music and would go to their shows yeah. when i was a kid and just became friends with oh, jamie wow. and darren and um you know they've just really gotten behind us and and championed what we're doing um and just you know lifted us up and been, and it's great to have support like that from a you know an artist peer and somebody that you look up to um you know but they've just they've brought so many people to the table to introduce us to that have helped us. You know, she mentioned Pete Fisher. Um, Jamie and Darren connected us with Pete. Um, mm-hmm. They uh, invited us backstage one night when they were on the Opry and had a scene for the staff out there, uh, which led to some other things that we may be able to talk about a little later on. But, it, it, you know, it's just been great to, to have them yeah. there as a, a force. Wow. Yeah, and they actually have yeah. a uh, – a show right now on the Circle Network, which is the Opry's um, TV network. It's called uh, the Daily and Vincent Show. They all should check out. We're on a couple episodes um, of that. And also I was thinking we also have an attorney. We've had an attorney um, since, you know, pretty early on, and she's awesome. Her name is Denise Stevens. (laughs) Yeah, so shout out to her for helping us also. (laughs) Yeah, Denise is our number one gun, man. She has been here from the beginning making sure that we're not in anything that we shouldn't be. And she goes above and beyond for us, does way more than just lawyer stuff for us. She's amazing. And um, yeah, we appreciate her so much. You know, we do a show called the state of the music business where we bring like um, professionals and executives from the business side of music on to talk about the industry in the whole. And, and one, uh, a common theme of those I've noticed is they say one of the biggest mistakes artists make early on is they don't find a music attorney. Oh yeah, that can definitely be a mistake <laughs> for sure. There's just so many pe- there's so many ins and outs of it, and there's people out there who don't have good intentions, and people who maybe even don't have bad intentions necessarily, but you know they're um, they're definitely in it to make it more beneficial for themselves. So. Uh, you just got to be careful, and there's a lot of things that we would, you know, definitely have been in trouble with if we wouldn't have had Denise. So, um, if anyone's listening who's a new yeah. artist, definitely look into that. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, there's so much scam out there. Like, I even just mm-hmm. recently got pitched on coming on a podcast, and I thought, oh, great, you know, tell our story of how we started this Christmas yeah. band. So that'd be awesome. Oh, right. well, then they want seventy-five bucks. Like, are you? I mean, it's a podcast. I was like, yeah. you get sponsors. If you if you want to make money with a podcast, you get sponsors. Right. Guests are supposed to be free. I just I, I didn't Absolutely. get the yeah. business model. Yeah, because you yeah, build you the money around sure. around the you know you, you build the money around the guests per se, as in they bring their influence in that helps with right. you bringing sponsors on. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Charging a guest to come on a show. That, that makes no sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, I just the surface of the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, one thing we, another thing we like, kind of have a third co-host. We got an eight-year-old son that we always let him come on and ask one one question to each art of the artist that we bring on. I love that. And we've got a 17-month-old daughter, and believe me, when she gets old enough, we'll be plugging her into the show because we are a family affair. Yes. Oh, I love that. So Sandy's gonna get him on real quick so that she can he can ask his question. <laughs> Ooh, I'm so excited for this. <laughs> this is gonna be fun. And, and you know, everybody, it's funny. We'll we'll, we'll be on um, watching people's lives if they talk about our show. Usually they don't talk about us; they talk about him. So I always oh. joke he's our secret <laughs> weapon. At least he makes us memorable. <laughs> yeah, he's like the mascot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, here here he is. His name is Christopher. He's got a question for y'all. Okay, hi Christopher. Hi, Los Saints. What what are your favorite foods? Ooh, Ooh I love talking good about question. food. Yeah, we okay, do. I'm gonna can can I only pick one or can I pick a couple? A couple. A couple. Okay, cool. All right. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> say my top three would be um, quesadillas. Steak and um, uh, what was the other one? Hold on, pizza. I love pizza. Those three are my favorite. Those are good. Those are good. Well, I grew up in Beaumont, Texas, so my favorite food is Cajun food. Um, you know, any any that you pick. My mom makes amazing gumbo and boudin and all kinds of crazy mm-hmm. stuff that we eat. And I also really love sushi. So when I can get my hands on good sushi, I'm eating that. Man, I can I have ten? Oh my god! Right. <laughs> no, I'd say one of my favorite things is just good, you know, like trash Chinese food. That's true. Yeah. You do love the Chinese food. Mall Chinese food, like it, you can't beat it. <laughs> that is awesome. We also eat Chick Fil A a lot as a band. Uh, mine, mine is pizza. Yeah, love it. We just bonded. That's a good one. For our best friends now. <laughs> he could eat pizza all day long. Yeah. Well, we we can eat pizza together one day. Sure. <laughs> Bye. 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 Yeah, he so has fun awesome. on again. To be part of it. I I that never wanted so our cool. show to. You know, I never wanted our show to be professional. You know, you got all these people that they feel like right. everything's got to be perfect. You know yeah. what? We're humans, and yep. we bring we bring our kids in. Well, kid, right now, when you know, right. when yeah. Caitlin gets old enough, we'll be bringing her in too. Not quite old enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So, that's super cool. Well, thanks. So, if y'all could co-write with anyone, dead or alive. Who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Oh, God. Oh, my mm. goodness. What a large question. <laughs> yeah, that is a that is one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> We're 
all like, um. Well, I mean, uh, one of my childhood, like, one of my childhood heroes is, is somebody I listen to all the time, which is, I'm sure, where I get a lot of my sensibilities and music from is Tom Petty. And uh, oh, wow. I got to catch his, like, Mojo tour a couple of years before he passed away. But riding with him, I think, would just be just pretty insane. Um, I'm one of those weird people right. that reads liner notes. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, hearing something on the radio, I'll, I'll immediately go look at If it's something I like, I'll look it up <laughs> just to see who wrote it, who played <laughs> on it, whatever. We do that, And too. I noticed, no, you know... Um, Jason Sellers is a is a huge country writer, and it was like every song I would hear that I just loved, I would look it up, and it, Jason Sellers is the writer on it. So he, I think he would be oh, a really wow. cool co-write for us. Yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. All right, um, gosh, if we're if we can be like fun and not like crazy professional right now, um, I would mm-hmm. probably say I'm kind of more of like the like I love country but I'm kind of more of like the pop side of the group a little bit. Um, So I would honestly probably love to write with Ariana Grande, as weird as that may sound. That would Um, be cool, actually. Yeah. I just love like her, her voice. And I just think her writing is just very like honest and um, real and transparent. And so just writing like a, super awesome girl power like by boy song uh with her would be like incredible that would be really cool now again here's another loaded question in a way <laughs> um another <laughs> one that probably has a thousand answers but oh, yeah. think of whatever first pops in your head on this one um, what is a song out there that you've heard or even a couple songs that you've heard and you, and you thought to yourself i wish i wrote that Humble and kind. Mm. Oh, that's good. I wish I had written. That is just such an amazing <laughs> song. Gosh, I don't know. There's, uh, there you go. I'm gonna make you go before me. All of so I can think harder. Any, any, anything that was a, a top ten. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. That does. Make yeah, sense. I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off that answer and maybe think about it more. If that's okay, <laughs> while, while yeah. we talk. So, Afton, Afton, we do so so many great covers that you like kill when we play live. What's one of them you love? I mean, I know, but I feel like recently there was a song like when I was just listening through Spotify that I remember like listening to and being like, "Dang!" And I'm trying to remember which one it was, but it's just taking me a second. You know, many artists. One of one of our most popular ones is uh, the House. Um, House of Build Me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I couldn't get it out. I knew the I mean the words were yeah, right there. I was like, help. My mind went blank. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that that is an amazing mine too. <laughs> I, yeah, that's an amazing song. Alan Shamblin and uh Tom Douglas wrote that I think. Um and also I drive your truck at Lee Bryce saying, Man, what a song. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's a good one too. Yeah, you know, I think Whiskey Lullaby is a great one too. That, I mean, that is just a timeless hit. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, what what song of y'all's has been the most important to you, and why? 
Sorry, what was it? What was it? What song of your song is the most of of every song that y'all done? What song uh, of yours that you've written means the most and why? And I know they're all your babies, but there's got to be one that has <laughs> an extra meaning. I mean, uh, for me, and I mean, really all of us, but I'm sure everyone can pick, you know, a specific song, but We Don't Fight, uh, which was our first single. Um, the reason we put that one out first is because it's one of the first songs that we, you know, all put our harmonies on and uh, oh, wow. really fell in love with as a group when we first came together. Um, and mm-hmm. so to me, that one's really mm-hmm. special. It's an emotional song. We love the harmonies on it. Um, that to me is just, the baby. I love that song. So that's going to be my pick. Sorry, boys. Yeah, that's same for all of us, I think. Well, I yeah, think for Derek, like, you could do Reasons, too, because Reasons is a great one. We haven't put that one out, but... No, no I'm, like, I trying I to pick songs though, for everybody. <laughs> the beginning. <laughs> you know, it's... it's uh... so Chris, about do you have a different question. song, or...? Sorry. No, I I completely agree with that. I mean, you know. They all agree. So. <laughs> yeah. I guess I speak for everyone. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> What's new? The woman, the, the woman power. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm about to ask a question of a purpose for the way I ask this, and I'll explain the purpose right after I ask it. But if y'all had a magic wand. And what you're about to say would 100% come true. Where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I'm asking it in this crazy way is this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked that to Kelsey Ballerini. And the answer she gave us back then is pretty much how she's living now. So I always like to have artists kind of open their mind up a little bit that a lot can happen in five years. Because when we interviewed her in 2015, she had her first – song was at number 28 on the charts so she wasn't even a number one yet and she still had this big mm. vision and everything she said has pretty much come true in five years wow um mm-hmm. so i always like wow. to bring that story out to make artists realize a lot can happen in five years so if yeah. all bets were off where do you want to be in five years <laughs> I, I want a Grammy. One, so. I want I want a Grammy <laughs> Opry debut um, and arena tours. You know, yes. <laughs> number one song. I mean, the list goes on. All the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it'll be all those things are would be incredible. I just I'm I'm very excited for you know us being able to be touring, you know, majority of the mm-hmm. year. Um, that to me is just a goal because that's just what we love to do um, is play live and meet people and um, just play our songs. So that to me is a huge thing. And yeah, for sure. Opry debut have already happened or be happening. And yeah, number one song who, who wouldn't love that. That would be the the most amazing thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. All of, all of the above. There you go. Mm-hmm. Easy answer, right? We're together so, so much um, that we just think the same. <laughs> well, Sandy and I are, you know, some people don't get us because, you know, we've been married almost eight, October will be 18 years. And Aww. we've been a 24-7 couple the whole time. 
I mean, we mm-hmm. I bet we've probably spent maybe 3,000 hours total in 17 years apart. No way. So, so, That's amazing. So people don't – so people don't get that, but yeah. it's funny. I can be in the room, and there are times where I'm on the computer looking up something. Sandy has no idea I'm looking up something. She's on her phone in the other room, and she'll come in here and say, check this out, and I'll, like, look at the computer, and we're on the same screen. No <laughs> way. No way. We haven't reached that, that level yet. <laughs> but maybe in a couple Being of years. together a know. lot, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, definitely. but that's a question too. That's kind of a little different than what most most people ask, as you know. Um, if you could meet your ten-year-old self, your fifteen-year-old self, what would you what would you say to him or her? I like to go the other way. If you could, you know, since we just talked about the five-year dreams, and let's say the mm-hmm. dreams come true, if you could meet your future self, what would you tell him or her? Hey, you got the loaded question. Man, I would just say thanks for not giving up. <laughs> That's a good one. I would probably yeah, I would say one. how we I would say how we doing. <laughs> <laughs> you like it's COVID over. <laughs> um, uh, right. Yeah, that's hard because I don't I hope that I don't have to tell myself, you know, too much. I definitely want to, you know, remain in a humble place and in a like the same place that like I'm at now. So, I don't know, that's hard. That's hard. You know, like just to give you an idea, some of the answers we've gotten on that question have been like I would tell myself because they're figuring okay, they must be successful now. So they're like, so they say, I would tell myself to keep doing what you've been doing and stay humble. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just hope that I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to not be humble. So I'm just going to speak it over myself that I don't have to tell myself that. (laughs) That's the goal. (laughs) So let's say that y'all had a friend that you heard him or her sing. And let's say they got something special. You definitely know that. It's not one of those people that think they can sing. It's one of those people that, they, that you know they can sing. And this would be pre-COVID advice. And let's say that they've played maybe 30 shows, so they're still getting their feet wet on the show side. But they've gotten on stage, and they got what every artist says, that stage bug where they look over the crowd. The crowd's cheering and roaring, and they just know they're in the right place. And they come to y'all, and they say, I feel like I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to kind of help guide them the next two, three, four years? I was, I was, we had said before that it just has to be, has to be the number one priority. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there is going to be a ton of sacrifice, but if that's what you want, I mean, you you just got to put the time and the work in. I would ask, like, how far. Go, no, you go. I just say, like, how far are you willing to go? You know, because it's it Love takes so much more than you think you're willing to do. That's just how <laughs> the industry is. And so, I would say you have to go into it next five years as if it's a second job. So, you know, assuming that you have your work that pays your bills and feeds you, 
you have to put another six hours at least a day into this machine for you to get to where you need to be in a lot of different ways. And I think if somebody's stuck on that track and they had something really, truly special, I would think, you know, within five to 10 years, they could be in a really good place regardless of being signed to a label or not. You know, we have so much at our fingertips with technology and with these outlets, Instagram, social media, being able to put your own music out and, you know, Spotify and, uh, making your own fans and I'm telling you you feed the machine creatively and you're going to make fans you're going to make people are going to see and, and you know these days there's not a ton of development that happens they want to see that it's already working and so mm-hmm. you kind of kind of just have that mindset of man I'm willing to put it in here's my second shift and I'm going to get to that spot you know even if I'm eating peanut butter sandwiches and eating burritos <laughs> for the next three years you know I mean, um, I'm also a little bit more motivating, but I would just say to, you know, just keep your, it sounds cheesy kind of, but just keep your eye on the prize, you know, like people are um, going to maybe tell you that you're crazy or people might tell you that they don't believe in you or that, um, you know, you don't have what it takes or it's going to take too much. But I mean, nobody knows the passion or like what you feel is right for your path. And if that's what's right for you, you just have to stand strong in that and believe in yourself and just continue the journey, you know? Yeah. And yeah, like all the thing, great you know, there's before a lot us, of you be okay with, be okay with no, you know, there's a lot yeah, of yeah, great 100%. people that have heard no a lot of times. So just be okay with that. It only takes one yes to change your life. There's a lot yeah. of psychological warfare that goes along with this. And you just have to <laughs> learn to navigate through that too. <clears throat> You know, I remember when we first was beginning this show, I reached out to a friend of mine from Nashville for advice as we launched this. Because, of course, doing being, he was a host at one point. And really what we do is almost on the same front as an artist, too. You know, we're trying to be like the Bobby Bones and Ty Bentleys of the world eventually. Um, and so I reached out to a friend, and I'll never forget the advice he said. He says, I've only got one piece of advice I can, I'll give you. And he said – that be and stay authentic. He said, because he goes, mm. the day you, because if, if you start out and you're telling Bobby Bone jokes or you're telling Ty Bentley jokes, he says, you might pull it off. Who knows? He says, and you might even create some type of audience. He says, he says mm-hmm. the day's going to come when authentic Chris comes out. And when that day comes, you're going to lose every bit of your audience because they were never attracted to authentic Chris. They were attracted to fake Chris. So if you stay authentic from mm-hmm. the beginning, then yeah. it might grow slower, but the right audience will be there. 100%. That's great advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's something I'm that I like I'm not sure you can make it without being authentic. I'm not sure that you can even do that anymore. You know? Yeah. I think that's something mm-hmm. that like, I think that's, that's what happens that with is- drugs and stuff. I think a lot of times the artist who goes down the deep end mm-hmm. probably is not yeah. doing the music the way they know their is our their authentic self, so they're covering it all up with the alcohol and drugs. Mm. Yeah. Maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like as a group, that's kind of something that I th- I think we all like is is very important to all of us. Um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of why we're like, how do you do that? Because we just, that's something that we just always wanted to be, even as a trio, 
you know, um, mm-hmm. getting started. It was it was never, let's just do this because, you know, we want to be famous or, you know, we just want to force this to work. Like, we took a lot of time to really, mm-hmm. you know, come into our own and get to know each other well and really make sure that, you know, us authentically, each, like, individually mesh with us as a, you know, and mm-hmm. so that is just a really big part of who we are and hopefully, you know, forever will be. Will be. Love that. <laughs> So as we come to the last question here, um, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Oh, um, I thought of something funny, but I probably shouldn't say it, so I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Do y'all have anything? Man, I don't know. This is really all pretty new to us, you know. So whatever you ask, <laughs> yeah. we're like we're we're learning <laughs> along the way, you know. Yeah. And and we're, we're really pretty. Concerned. I mean, again, we've been around the industry for years of music, but you know, running a show, we're only six months old, so this is still new to us as running a show. Now, granted, mm-hmm. some people would be like, you know, you've done 165 interviews now. You know, that's not new because most people right. take three years to three years yeah. to get to 165. You know, so yeah. but, you know, this is one of them questions that sometimes, you know, are are you know, I in fact, I was, you know, any question you probably have, I may have on my list. I just, you know, when when you're trying to keep it in 60 minutes. There's some questions I was like, right. okay, well, I'll skip that one. I'll skip yeah. that one. <laughs> what I normally do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Because normally there's, mm. I probably missed about five or six questions, you know. But that's, but again, that's good. I, I love more people. You get you get more insights to each of the questions. That actually love that. Each question mm-hmm. more insightful. Right. But if y'all don't have an answer and if you want, then you can tell everybody how they can reach you. That <laughs> might be a good point for here. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to settle with you guys asked a great questions and yeah. I hope we didn't we didn't sound too novicey today. <laughs> oh no. Oh, yeah. no, not y'all at all. Y'all, y'all did great. great. Y'all yep. talked. The the hardest interviews are the ones where you have to where, where you ask a question and the person answers it in one sentence. Ooh. And Sandy, Sandy knows within the first three minutes if we have that. And she, 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 cause oh, we're, yes. on phone, we're on phones like y'all are, so she's in another room, so it don't interfere with each mm-hmm. other. And um, so she'll, she'll know within a few minutes if, if I'm trying to pull stuff out of people. Because <laughs> there are times where oh, yes, I'm trying to find that hot button, and we're about 30 minutes in, and I finally find the hot button that gets them to open up the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, fortunately for you guys, that's one problem you will not have with us. Especially <laughs> <laughs> with three of us. Yeah. Right. <laughs> y'all made um, my job yeah, a lot easier answer... being three of y'all. Yeah, no, for sure. That's uh, a plus for all of us. Because then especially if we're, you know, one person may be able to answer a question better than another person. So it's helpful for us, too. And then y'all um, can piggyback on said... each other. To tell people right. how to follow us, right? Yep. Yeah. Is that what mm-hmm. we're doing? Okay, mm-hmm. so um, we are on all of our socials is at Lost Saints Music. 
And then um, we also have a website that is also www.lostsaintsmusic. And then we are on um, all the streaming platforms as Lost Saints. And our single, We Don't Fight, is out. And then Hookup is coming out this Friday. So everyone can be on the lookout for that as well. Yeah, and if they go to our website, they can sign up for the mailing list on that. And we also have Mm -hmm. uh, our online store on there. So there's some pretty cool merch on there that uh, Chris and our our friend Bobby kind of collaborated on and and put some stuff together. So check that out too. Love that. And we really enjoyed having you on the show today. And we look forward to having you all back down the road. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. We would love that. Tell Christopher we love chatting with him too. Oh, we will. Yeah. (laughs) And we'll talk to y'all later. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Bye.